everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Perez, and just a little bit about myself, I am a former gay stripper. Yep, that's right, you heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ, and this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others that are like me, and maybe those that aren't like me. (laughs) I wanna talk, but I really wanna talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2020. Nothing is off limits, and I wanna be as transparent as I possibly can be. But before we get started, I just wanna let everyone know that this podcast is completely free to listen to, and we do accept donations, and we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who wanna become patrons of the podcast. Click on the description, if you're listening to this, on um, Apple Podcasts or Pod, Podbean. Click on the description and you'll find the link to become a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. And we also have my link tree where you can find resources to give through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. So without further ado, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, I don't think I've ever <laughs> done an episode like this. It's going to be all about a movie review. So um, there are going to be spoilers in this podcast. If you've already seen this movie or if you have not seen this movie, um, if you haven't watched this movie, I would suggest probably go watching it and then come back and listen to this. Um, But if you have watched this movie, you are in for a treat of some of the things that I have discovered while watching this movie and some of the things that just really popped out at me that I I was not expecting out of this movie at all. This is a secular movie, uh, although I would argue that it is very Christian, but it is indeed, it was made, you know, for the world and It's a secular movie, but it has really impacted my faith in a way that, you know, sometimes Christian movies don't even impact me like this. And I believe it's because the movie itself has been written with some very hidden meanings. And there are some, a lot of hidden meanings in this movie. And I have so many notes to go over today. Also, this is the first time that we actually uh, are recording the podcast, uh, not just through audio, but also through video. So you guys can listen to this on Apple Podcasts and you know Podbean and, and anywhere else where you can listen to pod, um, podcasts. But this is also up on YouTube now in visual format. So I just did this as a treat uh, for some of the people who enjoy the podcast because it does cost me a little bit of work to film it. <laughs> it's a lot easier just to do audio. Um, but I wanted to be able to kind of just if you guys are listening to the podcast and wanted to see me visually responding to whatever I'm saying, now you can, and it's up on YouTube. So, all right, let's get into this. Let's get into this. So today we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman 1984. So I know that, first off, I've been dying to watch this movie. I I really, really, I, I think I'm a big fan of uh, Wonder Woman. Um, I'm a big fan of DC films in general. I'm not a huge fan of Marvel. I'm also not a huge fan of Disney. Uh, But I do enjoy DC films. I think they are more uh, targeted towards adults instead of children. That's why I kind of like it a little bit more. But also, um, one of the things that I was really looking forward uh, to in watching this movie was um, it being a sequel to the first one, right? So uh, obviously... If you haven't watched the first one <laughs> and you haven't watched the second one, and then I would suggest go watch the first one, go watch the second one, because this probably won't make sense to you. I mean, it will, because I'm going to try to explain my very best. I have like a synopsis of the film and I'm going to review it and, you know, talk about how it impacted me. So you don't have to watch it, but I would suggest to watch it. And then you can probably put your input too, you know, um, right in the comments down below. Or, you know, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or something, you know, where there are no comments, uh, just you'll have your own comments to yourself (laughs) to be able to understand what I'm talking about in this film. So uh, Wonder Woman 1984, right? I was waiting a very long time to watch this film it got um it, it was a little backtracked because of covid but finally um during my vacation i went recently to colorado some of you may have seen that on my youtube channel and i went recently and i one of the things that i love to do cuz i'm i'm such a weirdo <laughs> i like to visit other movie theater like other movie theaters in different parts of the world 
I think it's super neat. I think it's super cool um, to be able to see kind of just how movie theaters look different in different parts of the world. And so I've, I think I've, I've, I've been to movie theaters in New York and uh, just so many different several places, Australia. Um, I went to one in, um, I, I'm not sure if it was Thailand, uh, somewhere, there, an island down there. <laughs> but when I was traveling in my cruise job, I used to work for a cruise line and a cruise ship, and I did a lot of traveling, so I forget sometimes the places where I've been to. But I've been to a lot of movie theaters in different areas and in different places around the world. And so I was in Colorado, and I wanted to go see what a movie theater in Colorado looks like. And there was this awesome movie theater where we were staying. We were staying in Winter Park, Colorado. And there was kind of like this bowling alley slash movie theater slash arcade. And I was like, man, it would be so awesome to go see the new Wonder Woman 1984 film at this bowling alley um, <laughs> slash arcade. And um, I didn't want to go alone, so I invited my mom to go with me. And my mom was so awesome. She came with me. I was obviously on vacation with my family, my, my all of my family. But um, my family members, they weren't interested in watching the film. It was just me and my mom. And I think we might have seen the first one together as well. You know, it's always good to take, uh, take your mom out on a date and just spend some time with, with your parents. You know, you never know how, uh, how long you have with your parents. So it's always good to spend some quality time with them and enjoy them while you have, uh, for everyone, like every friend, like tell people that you love them, you know, tell people that you care about them while you have them around. Um, anyways, so <laughs> back to Wonder Woman. So we get there, we buy the tickets. It was super weird because COVID and um, they were only selling, I think around 12 or 15 tickets or something like that for the full theater. And I picked up my tickets uh, early in the morning and I had to come back. The showing was at 7 p.m. And so um, I made my way down there at 7 p.m. with my mom and we sat down and I was really really not like I just I did not think I would get this much out of a film I mean it just really it really surprised me it shocked me um, by all of the messages that I received and how much the Holy Spirit was um, speaking to me while I was watching this film I have I hadn't been having having the best time on my trip to Colorado with my family you guys know that sometimes dealing with family is hard <laughs> to say the least and I, I I guess just the Holy Spirit was really working on me that day but the more I see this film and the more I understand it's there's just so much in it so I want to go over it so we start off the film and I'm just going to do kind of like my own version and my own review of of what's in this I'm not going to include everything but there are some spoilers once again so if you haven't watched the film and you are like worried about what I'm gonna say, then just stop this and go watch the film, <laughs> and and give them your money because I I I believe that the the person who directed this and the person who wrote this they deserve it because of just the amazing message that's behind this film. It's really unlike any other Hollywood film that is being created today, and it uh, and you'll see why. So in the beginning of the film, we start off and we have young Diana, and she is caught cheating. Um, and she's doing this like race, this Olympic race or something like that with the other Amazonian women, but she's young. And so she, she tumbles off her horse and, um, she has to find some way to win the competition. So she kind of cheats. She takes a shortcut. It's not really so much cheating, but it is cheating because it's a shortcut. So right when she's about to win the race, um, she gets stopped by this, I believe it's her aunt. Um, and her aunt says, um, something really interesting no true hero is born from lies. And that makes no sense like the minute that you hear it uh, in the beginning of the film because it's kind of preparing the way for the rest of the film and the deep hidden meanings that are inside of the film. So um, she says, no true hero is born from lies. And right off the bat, I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. Okay, no true hero is born from lies. Like, what does that mean? What does it exactly mean? And then she says, the only thing that matters is the truth. She says, um, I think one of the, the quotes is, um, uh, what the, the girl, there's another woman who actually wins the, the race because Diana doesn't. Um, and she says, if you want to become a legend, it takes patience, 
bravery and diligence and the courage to face the truth. Now, I mean, tell me about this. Okay, so what what <laughs> what Hollywood film nowadays um, talks about things like this? Like what? Like the truth? And and they they mention you know it's so funny because they mention the truth so many times in this film that it's practically a Christian film without it being Christian. Because, I mean, obviously the truth can mean anything to many different people. But if you're watching this film from a, a, like a Christian's perspective, your truth, of course, is the truth of Scripture. It's the truth of God's Word, right? And so when Diana is having this dialogue with her aunt and her aunt is telling her the only thing that matters is the truth, you know, I really received that and I really understood that for myself. I'm like, hmm, that's true. Like, you can only become a great superhero, a great legend... Um, first off, I love the fact that fruits of the spirits are mentioned here. She says patience, which is one fruit of the spirit. Um, and I mean, that's, I think that's really the only fruit of the spirit that was mentioned, but it's one, <laughs> it's one fruit of the spirit, patience, right? Bravery, diligence, and courage. Um, so I, I love those four different aspects, you know, the courage to face the truth. And why does that matter? And we're going to, why does that matter? We're going to see later on in the film why sometimes it takes courage for us to face the truth that sometimes we we can't have everything that we want. Sometimes we have to just accept that we've been dealt a certain amount of cards. You know, we, we, we are in the position that we are and we got to rely and just really trust in the truth, which is ultimately God and his sovereignty over our lives, right? So moving on. Diana grows up. She is now a full-grown woman. She does all the Wonder Woman stuff. She fights crime or whatever. And there's this wishing stone that appears. And <laughs> there's this wishing stone that appears. And she makes a wish, not even knowing that she makes a wish. And she brings back her love interest, which I believe his name is Steve. Um, and she brings him back after he died in the first film, right? And this is what's really interesting is that she's lived kind of this lonely life. She's lived this life that um, is not one that she would have pictured. She's this superhero. A lot of people are jealous of her. For example, Barbara, who also comes into the film, who's just kind of like this um, nerd, dork. Um, nobody really likes her. Nobody sees her. She's kind of like a victim. Um, and people want to be like her. Like Barbara, she admires Diana. She really likes Diana. But um, anyway, so Steve comes into the picture somehow through this wishing stone that they found out of this um, robbery or heist. And um, this wishing stone, Diana, she makes a wish. Steve comes back. And Barbara also makes a wish. And the wish that Barbara makes is that she wants to be like Diana. Because we see in the film that Barbara um, isn't seen by people. Um, she's a really nice person. She has a lot to offer. But it seems like... Nobody can remember her or she's just been kind of ignored her whole life. And so she sees Diana and she's like, wow, what a, what a perfect woman, a perfect, a woman who is seen by other people, a woman who's strong. I want to be like Diana. So she makes a wish. Um, and she knows that she's making a wish. So now they both have, they've both made this wish, right? Diana has made a wish for Steve and, um, and Barbara has made a wish for uh, to be exactly like Diana, someone who is popular and cool and has all these uh, stuff. She doesn't even know that Diana is Wonder Woman. So that's interesting <laughs> about the film. Um, but anyways, so th they now are introducing this guy called Max Lord. And this guy, Max Lord, his whole slogan is, it's good, but it could be better, right? And even that slogan itself is um, really just, I think, honestly, like very almost similar to Satan's like it's like yeah you have this like I think of Eve in the garden um, of Eden right and I think when she's approached by Satan and he's like yeah all of this is good but it could be better right all of what you have here in the garden of Eden is good but what if you had the knowledge of good and evil right wouldn't that be better for you so he comes in he shows up with this slogan it could be good but it, 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 I mean it is good but it could be better 
And um, he steals the wishing stone because he knows what the wishing stone is and he's been looking for it for a really long time. And so <laughs> I'm literally giving an entire synopsis of this film. <laughs> I never thought I would be doing this on a podcast, especially a Christian podcast. I never thought a secular movie would impact me so much. But um, it really goes to show you guys that um, God is working not just within our churches, but outside of our churches too. Um, that there are, I feel like there are people out there who really have a relationship with God that maybe don't look so traditional, maybe don't look so religious. And they're out there trying to really spread goodness and the truth of God's word without being so um, uh, uh, so strong with it, you know, like kind of sneaking it in people, giving people suggestions. And sometimes that's kind of what I do too. Like um, I'm not, like I, I pretty much... I, I'm pretty upfront, you know, like look at this shirt that I'm wearing right now. If you can't see it, I'm wearing a shirt that says Jesus highway to heaven, you know? So I do make myself very open about who I believe in, what I believe in. Um, but not everyone has to be like that. You know, I could have been a Christian that was just in the film industry and then just decided to write some uh, scripts that um, were about Jesus, but don't necessarily say Jesus. I, I allow other people to have thoughts for themselves, for them to connect the dots. You know, and I think that's super cool. So whoever wrote this film, I, I believe it was uh, the same person that directed it, but I could be wrong. Her name's Patty. It's a woman. But anyways, back to what I was saying. So uh, this guy, he steals the wishing stone and Max Lord, and he wishes to become the wishing stone. But of course, what happens with wishes is that there's always a problem um, with wishing that uh, this specific stone, it takes as much as it gives, right? And if not, it takes more. You know, it takes more of what it actually gives you. And so it's very interesting that Max Lord uh, wishes to be the stone, but it takes his health and it takes his humanity away. And so he starts looking grotesque and doing all types of really weird evil stuff. And he 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 needs more wishes in order to stay alive. So he starts granting wishes to everybody, right? And the world starts literally falling into chaos. And at this point in the film, we don't know why Max Lord is so obsessed um, with um, having um, success, right? His whole character arch in the film is all about this man who wants to have success and wants to build an empire and wants to make a great life for his son, right? But at the whole, but the whole time while he's building this empire and while he's doing all these, building this success, especially with the Wishing Stone, he's completely ignoring his son. And so the one thing that he set to do, which is to have success so that his son could benefit, um, he ignores his son and his son is suffering because his dad's just not showing him any love, right? So it's const it's like a common concept. Uh, it's, it's, it's common. Like this happens. I don't know what, I don't know what the word is, but this happens all the time where sometimes parents, they get really caught up in what they can give their children instead of just realizing that their children, all that they really want is to be loved and to be cared for and to be encouraged and to, you know, just to be loved. That's, that's really all that we need. And that's, and that's really all that God offers to us is, is love. I mean, he offers a lot to us because in the, in the fullness of love is so much than we could possibly ever imagine. So anyways, he becomes this wishing stone. Um, he's still walking around like a human. He doesn't like become the stone. The stone becomes him basically. And, and so um, now Diana is starting to realize that her powers are going away and Barbara is slowly turning from this really innocent, really beautiful character who's really funny and quirky and kind of amazing to this very like evil, like uh, taking revenge and into her own hands. Like there's a scene where she almost gets like abused um, by a man on the street and she f gets revenge when she sees this man again and almost beats him to death. So now this quirky, fun, loving girl is no longer the same. Same thing with Diana. She gets this man, right? But now she's losing her powers, which brings us back to the beginning of the film. If you guys remember, in the beginning of the film, it says no true hero is born from lies and there are no shortcuts to becoming an, an amazing hero, right? So Diana wants badly this one thing, which is to be seen, to be loved, to be, um, she, and she wants it from this one person, right? But she can't receive that. So when she does receive it, she ends up losing the one thing that makes her the amazing hero that she is. The fact that she puts other people before herself. 
And this is a very biblical message, putting others before you put um, yourself uh, first. So you put other people first, right? So anyways, some of the, the, the film continues on. The, the world goes into chaos. There's uh, people wishing for all types of things because this guy, Max Lord, is going around granting people's wishes. And there's like a, this one scene that I really think is funny. This guy asks for a farm, but he's like living in an apartment. So he gets the wish, which is to have a farm. But but he gets it in his apartment. He's like, that's, that's not what I wished for. <laughs> and so essentially what happens is, and that uh, just re- that one scene in, really makes me think about, you know, some of the, sometimes the things that we want and that we ask God for, and God is so good to not give us those things that we, that we want, you know, because sometimes it's not the best thing for us. It's, and only really God is the truth and he is the knowledge of, of truth. You know, he, he's everything good. And so we got to rely and we got to trust that he has better judgment than we have. And when we pray that he hears us, um, but he doesn't always grant all of our wishes. You know, he doesn't grant all of our prayers just because we want something. He knows better than us. He's a good father. He he knows what's going to be good for us and what's going to be essentially bad for us. So anyway, so I really liked, um, there's kind of this um, intermission scene, I guess you would call it, or scene that really seems to have nothing to do with the film in retrospect. But, however, it, uh, it truly does have a lot to do with the film. So it, it, it's um, Diana is in the camera room at her apartment, and she is um, showing this armored costume or this, you know, armor to uh, Steve. And, um, and he asks, you know, who's, who does this uh, armor belong to? And she says, oh, it belongs to one of our people who sacrificed themselves so that um, the rest of our people could live. And her name is Asteria. And so I I wrote this down. The quote is, Asteria sacrificed herself for a better day for others, right? And that's, you know, the first time when I watched that, so I've watched this film three times already. The, The first time I watched this, I was like, I did not pick that up. I did not see that. But man, is that a biblical message? Man, is that a Christ-centered message right there? You know, I love that they they really are using the message of Christ in this film without making it so religious, without making it, oh, this is about Jesus. Obviously, it's about Jesus, you know? Like they, they're changing things up a little bit. But for someone who's a Christian who knows the truth and can recognize these things without it having, it have, it's not so blatant. Um, it's super cool. So Asteria, she sacrifices herself for a better day for others, right? And I think that's super cool. That's kind of like a little thing of what Jesus did for us, right? And that's essentially the whole thing of what makes someone an extraordinary person, what makes someone um, someone who's in, uh, like an inspiration for others, someone who is remembered, someone who's known to be a legend, is someone who sacrifices their own lives for others, for a better day for others, right? And in many religions, there is, a, this is common. So for example, I know in, I, I believe it's Buddhism, where um, like, for example, the Dalai Lama, um, he is this, they are considered priests that sacrifice their own time in eternity or lack thereof because they don't really believe that there's an afterlife. It's really complicated. But anyways, if you study that, the Dalai Lama essentially sacrifices his time in eternity so that other people can enter into nirvana, which is really um, their version of heaven, right? So this is common in many religions, um, but really the only one that we know um, that really did this, really sacrificed his life for other people was Jesus Christ, the one that we can really, we can prove it historically, right? So Jesus sacrifices his life, um, and same thing kind of, and that's what makes him the son of God. That's what makes him take away the entire sins of the world, right? I'm probably not saying that correctly, but you, you guys are getting my gist of it, right? So there's like this hidden secret mean, like hidden secret meaning 
um, in the film with Asteria and like comparisons to like Jesus Christ. So there's this evil villain, which is, you know, Max Lord. And then there's just like this legend, which is like Asteria who ends up saving her people because she sacrifices her life. So you get both of those. So that just totally went over my head the first time that I watched the film. I, I just didn't even think about that. And I thought that was really cool. So anyways, so the world is going into chaos. Barbara, she's like super evil. We're not going to talk super into it. Diana, she's losing her powers because she has Steve around. And she fights and she has this conversation with Steve and she's like, I just want this one thing. Like, why can't I just have this one thing? And she's referring to Steve. Obviously, she's referring to the love that she's going to get from having Steve and not being lonely. And really, she's not interested in being seen from other people. She just wants to be seen by Steve. And so that's interesting because that really nailed it for me. Like when I was when I when I was watching the film, um, if you guys don't know this already, I have my testimony up on YouTube, but obviously, and I started the podcast saying what I am. I'm a former gay stripper. I came from the homosexual lifestyle. So sometimes I feel like Wonder Woman <laughs> in this film. I feel like um, like a, a hero, you know? Um, some people, they look at my testimony and they say, wow, you know, this is amazing. You, you've come out of the homosexual lifestyle and this and that. And I really don't think it's, amazing or anything crazy. I, it's really by the spirit of God. It's not me. It's just God working in me. Um, and a lot of people, you know, whether big testimonies or small testimonies, a lot of people follow Jesus. And I think that's the, the most incredible things that we are all given the ability to follow Jesus, right? But a lot of people, they look at my story and they think, wow, you know, you give me hope for um, my friends or my daughter or my, my son, or, you know, whatever. People who are struggling with homosexuality who don't want to come out of the lifestyle, um, and I, when I, when I look at, when I looked at this scene and when I was seeing the scene and she's like, why can't I just have this one thing? Like, I'm not, she's, she's directly says, I don't care if I have to sacrifice other things. Um, and I'm happy to do so, but why can't I just have this one thing? Right. And that's kind of like how it was with me and Jesus in the beginning. <laughs> like that conversation is like me and God. Um, I was like, God, I'll serve you and I'll love you and I'll be with you, Lord. Um, but why can't I just have this one thing? Why can't I just have um, a, a guy in my life who I can get married to and I can, you know, have my same sex attraction and 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 be consumed by that or whatever, you know, whatever. Um, and and sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes you know, it's a battle. It's not. It's not every day. Like every every day is an is a is a new journey with the Lord. I would say every day is, is a day. <laughs> and so as many of you guys know, when I came to the Lord, he didn't remove my same sex attraction. It's just something that I have to, I have to deal with every single day. I'm the fact that I'm attracted to other men, but that shouldn't keep me from being the superhero that I am and that we all are because all of us are victims. All of us have things in our life that we wish were better. And we're gonna come into the film of really how she goes even deeper with this message. So there's like this amazing speech at the end and I encourage you guys to stay. Um, if you're listening to this, like don't turn this off because this speech is incredible. So anyways, so that's how I really felt with me and God. I was like, God, you know, like I'll be happy to serve you and I'm happy to be this person that loves you and you know, goes around the world and speaks about you and your truth. But why can't I just have like a partner? Why can't I just have like a person that I, I love, you know, um, that's a man. And it just doesn't work like that sometimes, you know, and it's sad, but it's just the truth. You know, that's the truth. And that was Diana's situation, that even though she was a superhero, she had to make sacrifices in order for her to be a superhero. And that's what makes her a superhero. That's what makes her inspirational. That's what makes her um, someone to, you know, look up to or whatever in this world and in, in their DC comic book world. Obviously, it's not a real person. But anyways, so so that's what makes her special. The fact that she has given up so much and still decides to give to people even after still giving up the love of her life. And so I related a lot with that scene. I was like holding back my tears while I was watching the movie. <laughs> and, and so anyways, the scene is over and the world is into chaos and Diana knows what she has to do. She knows that she has to renounce her wish and she has to give up Steve in order to get her superpowers back, right? So I love this little hidden gem. I love this hidden gem in the movie, right? In the movie, when everything is going to chaos and they're coming out of the Capitol um, building, 
which is funny, but they come in out of the Capitol building. There's a street pastor, and the, the, it's really intentional. You know, this film is very intentional, and it's not to make uh, Christianity look bad, but the street pastor is actually saying something that is the truth. So essentially, the, the street pastor's quote is, can you see what your sinfulness has done? Your greed, right? And then it, it, they don't show him again, but they include that audio of the street pastor because everything's going crazy around them. The buildings are blowing up. Like people are like stealing TVs and like, it's just insane. Like it looks like the end of the world. So this street pastor is like literally like, look at your sinfulness. Look at what your sinfulness has done. Look at your greed, right? So the real message here is that people want more than um, really what they need. And um, and they shouldn't want all these types of things. And I believe that they put that in the film to let people know that there is a reality of sin, that there is a reality of greed, right? So talk about it being a secular f- film, but including that street piece, street uh, preacher, and having that amazing message. It's, I mean, I think I think it's incredible. So anyway, so. Diana, in this one scene, she lets go of Steve, and it's one of the most beautiful scenes in the film. She kisses him goodbye, and she doesn't know how to say goodbye. She doesn't want to say goodbye. She's obviously very emotional, and this kind of hit me really hard. Even just as I was preparing for this podcast and watching the film again, um, I was just crying. I was, I was really crying <laughs> because I was like really just, I was like, man, sometimes, you know, we, we do have to walk away from the things that we sometimes we want, even if we know it's not going to be good for us. And Diana is like losing her power. She knows that she won't be able to be the superhero that she is and her whole purpose and her whole identity. But she wants so badly to be with this person. And sometimes in my life, that's how it feels. Like I have this calling to serve the Lord and I love it and I love my purpose and I love my identity in Christ. But I want so badly sometimes to just, you know, give it all up and literally go be with a man, you know. And I'm not saying that I will do that. Um, But temptation is always there, man. The devil is always at our door, essentially just knocking at the door, you know, roaring like a lion, ready to devour us. And there's so much, you know, there's a real, there's a devilish message here um, about that greed and that wanting our own selfish desires, um, even if it's not a bad thing. Like, it's not a bad thing for Diana to not want to be a superhero anymore and just to live a happy life with Steve, right? It's not a bad thing. Um, the only thing bad about that was would be that the world would lose someone who is important and who keeps justice and who does all these amazing things. And it's the same thing within our lives too. It's like, what is this costing us? What is sin costing us? What is the desires of our heart costing us? Such a strong message. I mean, can you imagine like walking away from this Wonder Woman film? Like with all of this, this is crazy. So anyway, so she renounces her wish and then she receives her freedom and strength. So right after she walks away um, from Steve, um, she doesn't even she doesn't even look back, which I really, I thought that was super cool as well. The fact that um, as soon as she makes a decision that she is not strong enough um, to leave uh, Steve behind, she's like, I know I got to do this. I know I have to walk away from this. I'm not even going to look back. And not one time, like as soon as she kisses him goodbye, she doesn't look back and she walks forward with tears in her eyes. And that's sometimes how it has to be. Um, And that really, you know, what came to my mind is that Bible verse that Jesus said, whoever puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Because that's how we kind of have to be all the time. We think about Lot's wife, right? Lot's wife in the in the Bible who uh, looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah and was turned into a pillar of salt. Same kind of deal. It's like we can't look back at the things um, that we wish that we had. Um, man, such a biblical message. We can't look back at the things that we wish that we had um, because it's going to distract us from the things that we can find freedom and we can find our strength in, which is God ultimately. So anyway, this is the then proceeds the scene where she flies for the very first time and she's able to understand how to fly. Now she's free. She's literally flying through the skies like, and she's free from any bondage. She receives back her powers and the fullness of her strength. Wow. Wow. I mean, guys, like really center and meditate on that. That's incredible. <laughs> um, so um, then we move on to uh, the scene where 
Max Lord is in the government building and he is essentially answering the wishes of everyone in the world and the world is literally ending because there's missiles being shot out. Um, there's chaos with international affairs in between countries. And so I love this message is so crazy because this is the message of the devil. Uh, Max Lord, this is a quote. It says, anything you want and anything you can dream of. Like he says, um, take what is yours and whatever you want, anything you want, anything you can dream of. Like that is the message that the devil tells us as Christians. Like, oh, and that was the, that was the message that, um, really, um, Jesus was told by Satan himself. He's like, oh, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. I'll give you, uh, um, like, uh, you'll be a king everywhere. Um, I'll give you land, riches, fame, you know, whatever you want, I'll give it to you, right? And this is what Max Lord is saying to everyone. And everyone's making their wish, but the wishes are horrible. You know, some people are dying because somebody wished for someone to drop dead, you know? And so there are really bad consequences that are coming from this wish. And, and that is the message of the devil, guys. The message of the devil is that we can have everything that we want, um, that we can have anything that we dream of, and that it's going to be good for us. Guys, sin, it deteriorates us. It is evil. I love the transition that Barbara uh, turns into cheetah, right? So we see how when Barbara gives into these desires that she has, which is to be seen, to be loved, to be admired, all these things that she thinks is going to be really good for her actually make her into this hideous beast, you know, this person who is like a cheetah and um, is evil and uh, all about their own selfish desires and they don't want to give up their wish even if it's making them an, an, a horrible person and that's what was happening to Barbara. Um, there's one scene which I didn't mention in the Capitol building with Diana and Barbara and Diana says to her, look at what you've become. Look at look the sweet little Barbara that I knew. Your humanity, your innocence is, is gone and this is what happens when we give in to the temptations of the devil is that our humanity, you know, like the things that make us special. Um, and really the only one who can tell us what are the things that make us special is God himself, right? Nobody else can tell us these things. Um, he's the one who tells us our identity and, um, and how he created us. And God is so sovereign and he is understanding. He knows um, what is best for us, even if, like for example, if we're put in a position like Barbara, where nobody sees us, nobody understands us, is difficult to make friends. God sees that He put you in that position, and He knows that you're strong enough to work those things out with Him. Right? He's not up there like just like uh, worried or thinking to himself, "Oh, you know, oh how sad my my son Samuel is all alone, or you know Barbara is all alone." You know, whatever's going on in your life, you know, whether it be abuse, you know, all these different things. Like we're all victims of something. God is not up there worried. He's not up there worried. He's using these circumstances to grow you as a person. And what made what made Barbara such a special, caring person was the fact that she knew what it was like not to be seen, so she would help people who weren't seen. For example, the homeless guy that she feeds, which was also in the film. After um, after she gets her powers, she's like super mean to the homeless guy, right? So because now she doesn't care, she doesn't have empathy, she doesn't have um, sympathy. So um, that's the message of the devil, right? You can have anything that you want and um, anything you can dream of, right? And you should take what's yours and whatever you want. Forget about other people. Other people don't matter. What matters is your happiness. What matters is your own pleasure. That is the message of the devil. It is a you-centered message. Um, and I love it because <laughs> Diana, she walks into the building, the government building, and she says, don't you have enough? And he says, um, we, want, we want what we want. Why not more? Why not more? And sometimes that's kind of like, man, I, if I could have, <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time that I wanted more, guys, I'm not perfect, I mean, at all. And even as a Christian, sometimes I want more. 
Like, I'm like, man, I'm just not happy here. Um, some of you guys may see or watch my videos on YouTube and may think, wow, he's, that's so awesome. That's a cool job to have, you know? But sometimes I myself am, uh, am unappreciative of what I do have and making videos. And sometimes it's a lot of hard work, you know? And I'm just like, man, I wish I, wish I had more. I wish I had a team of people to help me to do this. Or I wish I was in a better studio. Or I wish I was in this. Or I wish I had more followers. Or I wish I had more listeners. And, um... It's just not the right way to think, you know, um, and that is the that is the devil. The devil is literally just making you think, um, like putting these ideas in your head. Why don't you, you should want more. You should want more. And God is telling you, no, I'm enough. The truth is enough. I am enough. So anyway, so the last speech, and we'll wrap this up because I don't want this podcast to go an, over an hour, but I love this last speech, and then we'll get into John 6 as well, or I believe John chapter 8. Um, this is Diana's speech at the end of the film. I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to uh, say this. <laughs> um, hopefully I am, and I don't get any like copyrights or anything like that, but she says, but he's gone. And that's the truth because he asks her, oh, Diana, you could have had Steve. You could have had your pilot. And she says, but he's gone. And that's the truth. And everything has a price. One, I am not willing to pay, not anymore. And this world was a beautiful place just as it was. And you cannot have it all. You can only have the truth and the truth is enough. The truth is beautiful. So look at this world and look at what your wish is costing you. You must be the hero and only you can save the day. Renounce your wish if you want to save the world. You are not the only one who has suffered. And before I go any further, I really like that. Renounce your wish if you want to save this world. And to me, that can really, you know, that can be changed to say, you know, renounce the ways that you used to want things, that you used to chase after things, because this is what this is what sinfulness produces in us. Um, it, it, it like produces us to want to achieve these things without the help of God or accept God's help in our life, right? So she says, renounce your wish, renounce your old ways if you want to save this world, if you want to be saved by Jesus Christ and you want to be part of his kingdom that is gonna be forever and ever and for all of eternity. So she continues to say, you're not the only one um, who has suffered and who, ha who wants more and who wants them back and who doesn't want to be afraid anymore or alone or frightened, or powerless. Man, I love that. You're not the only one who wants to be afraid anymore, or alone, or frightened, or powerless, which is really how most of us feel when we give into sin, is we feel alone, we feel scared, we feel frightened, we feel powerless, um, we feel afraid, and that's crazy, man, because I've, I've been in so many positions just myself where I feel those things, and then I give into like Esau um, selling away his... Um, inheritance or his um, birthright um, for just a cup of soup, you know, <laughs> for a cup, for a bowl of noodles, you know, and we give away the am amazing things in God just because we're alone or we're frightened or we feel like um, God is not going to take care of us when the truth is that he is going to take care of us. Anyway, so continuing on, she says in the speech, because you're not the only one who imagines the world where everything is different and better, finally a world where they were loved and seen and appreciated, finally, right? So here, it's really interesting um, because what Diana is saying that most people are wishing or they're wanting more because they just want to be loved. They just want to be seen and they just want to be appreciated. And I really do feel that because I feel like um, as we get into in the film um, and even in our real lives is that so much of our sin is just because a lot of us have not been loved. We have not been seen and we have not been appreciated by the God of this world, um, which is, you know, Jesus Christ, a God of the universe, I would say. Um, and we haven't been loved and appreciated by those um, around us in the church or even in our family. So she continues and she says, but what is it costing you? Do you see the truth? So what is your fear? Your um, loneliness, uh, your powerlessness um, to want to change things. What is it costing you? Do you see the truth? Do you see that the more that you chase to try to push those things away is, um, 
is costing you something in reality. So, for example, in the film, we see that the that the the Max Lord, which is the Wishing Stone himself, um, we see that he walks away from his son who wants attention, love, um, appreciation, and encouragement, right? And he walks away thinking that he's doing a good thing because he's building this empire. But building the empire is costing him the relationship with his son. And that's what sometimes, and then we see why he has that in him because he was abused when he was younger in the film. We see that his father beat him, that he was poor, he didn't have a lot of friends. So he builds his empire and he starts to build up ways to make a name for himself, ways to be seen, ways to be admired, ways uh, that maybe money can buy, right? And what is it costing him? It's costing him his relationship with his son and really a de deterioration of his health because he was dying because of the wishing stone. And so what is the sin in your life today costing you? What are you trying to run away from in your life um, that you don't have to be because God has already solved it for you? The truth is the truth. And the truth is that God loves you. He has freedom for you. He wants to set you free. Um, unlike Diana, we can we, we, she does this all on her own, obviously, with some type of truth, this truth that they don't mention. But I believe the truth is, you know, obviously they're speaking about God um, and the ability and the strength that he gives us to walk away from the things that we might think that we need. And I really resonated with that myself just because sometimes I feel like I want to be loved, appreciated by other men in my life. And um, that is costing me. It's costing me my identity. It's costing me my purpose because I don't need to be loved and admired by many guys or by just one guy or, um, you know, being in a relationship. What I really need truly is the love of Jesus Christ inside of me and how to love other people. Because when you have been loved, you will love others as well. So um, when I am loved by Jesus Christ, um, I can be a selfless person. I can be wonder sam i can be a superhero right with the help of god so anyways let's how does this relate at all to the bible if what i'm saying is true um here we go so john chapter 8 31 through 32 then jesus said to the jews who believed him if you abide in my word you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free I really love this because in the context of what we see Jesus, um, he is saying to his disciples that following him and being in him, um, and he is the way, the truth, um, the life, like there is nothing else except for Jesus Christ. There's nothing else that is greater, better, stronger than God, right? Than Jesus sacrificed for us, right? So he's saying, if you abide in me, if you abide in my words, if you abide in my teachings, if you abide in who I say that you are, this truth that you shall know shall set you free. What set you free from what? From that, from that desire of the loneliness, the um, wanting to be loved by other people, the chasing the success, the money, you know, chasing after the sin in our life, chasing after the things that we don't trust God enough for. So we have to go away from God to receive um, something that we'll never be able to receive because God is the Lord of peace. He is everything that we have and that we need. And that's the truth that makes us free. That's the truth that makes us into wonder people. And that, that's the truth that makes us into the light on top of a, a hill, right? So it's really funny because uh, the Pharisees are debating um, Jesus in the context of this verse. And I wanted to highlight that. So John 8, verse 44 to 46 says, this is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? So here, this is really interesting. Remember, Diana says, in the beginning, things were beautiful. And I believe in the Garden of Eden, things were beautiful. But what did humanity want more? What did Eve want more? What did Adam want? Um, they wanted to receive more um, on their own terms, and they weren't willing um, to rely on God for that. And so they ate of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree, 
They ate the fruit and they ended up um, disobeying God. So things were indeed really beautiful in the beginning and we messed it all up. And who was there in the beginning? The devil. He was a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in the truth. So the devil's lie to all of humanity is you can have anything that you want. Just go and get it. Take what's yours. Take what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. Um, forget about other people. It's all about you, right? Um, but the truth shall set you free. And the truth is that sometimes in order to be superheroes, in order for us to be wonder people, we really have to put um, our sacrifices first. Like we have to put other people first before we put ourselves um, first. So that's the truth. That's how you become a superhero. That's what makes um, Wonder Woman is such an inspirational character because um, she gives away her own happiness to be able to save others, to be able to save the world every single day or weekly or whenever she's doing it in the comic books. Um, and you can be that too. If today you are sick of the lies, if you are sick of um, trying to make something of yourself, if you are sick of just chasing after um, everything that the devil's been saying to you, which is just um, do all the things that make you happy, then um, just know that the truth shall set you free. And the truth is that those things aren't going to make you happy. The only one that has freedom and true happiness for you is Jesus Christ. And only he can tell you what your identity is and what you're supposed to be doing. And there is no fighting that. It's you, you're given what you are given and you have to accept that. Same thing with John the Baptist. John the Baptist at the end of his life, who was the greatest prophet who ever lived, was in a prison cell and he had to accept that. Was it the best thing? No, it wasn't the best thing, but he had to accept that. I myself, I deal with same-sex attraction. Um, do I believe that one day it'll go away? Yeah, for sure. I can believe that. I believe that God can do a miracle if he wants to do that miracle, but if he doesn't do it, then I just have to accept that I can walk with God and not pay any mind to my temptation, my desires, and put those things last and put walking with God and loving people first, right? And so even for your life, if you're listening to this, um, the truth shall set you free. And the truth is that sometimes we just have to follow God, even if it's uncomfortable for us. And that's what will make you an inspirational person. That's what will make you a successful person. That's what's going to make you a legend, according to Wonder Woman. And also, according to the Word of God, <laughs> is, um, you know, it's the greatest thing we could ever do, is to love people more than we love ourselves. And so that is all that I have to say about this awesome movie. I think it's a beautiful movie, and I think that every single Christian should watch this movie um, should buy it on Blu-ray, watch it when they're feeling low. Um, there's not a lot of really good Christian movies out there to watch. Honestly, some of them are really corny. So um, if you watch this, you will probably enjoy it. It's a good you know, family movie. I really recommend it. And um, it definitely has encouraged and lifted up my spirits. And so I know it will do the same for you guys. And this is what I learned about um, in the movie and some of the hidden messages. And I hope you guys were able to understand and keep up with me. I hope I explained that correctly. <laughs> um, and yeah, and go ahead and study John chapter eight. Anyways, guys, I love you so much. I'm so thankful for every single person that listens to the podcast. Um, and I, I, I would love for you guys to partner with me. You know, once again, go to Patreon, partner with me monthly. Um, I'm in need of some new gear this month because my camera's been acting up. But um, I'm so thankful once again, guys, for you guys listening. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, I do stuff on Instagram. I, I make Bible studies every single Monday. And there's so much more to come uh, for this channel. And so I love you guys. May God bless you and have an awesome day. Bye. <laughs>